are in a series called Belong, and what we're talking about are seven things that we all share in common, whether we like it or not. And uh, I'm actually, I actually took the one last week, and I decided, you know what, I'm turning it into a two-week series on perseverance, uh, because that is something that we are, as we watch the news and as we go through these things, the idea of being able to persevere is very, very important. So let me show you really quickly where in 1 Peter we're getting all of these, um, I apologize, 2 Peter, uh, where we get these things from, these seven things that we all have in common. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. And again, as I've mentioned in the past few weeks, you have been given everything pertaining to life and godliness. You have it. You have the tools. You have the presence of the Holy Spirit. You have the word of God, which never returns void. You have those things. And so Peter's just pointing this out. He just says, that just comes from his divine power. And so you've been granted everything uh, you need for life and godliness. Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. And so this comes from a deep understanding of who Jesus is. That's all this list is. All this list is just if you're a follower of Jesus and you're taking it seriously and you want to become more like him, then this is what your life is going to look like. And so it says, through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness, through these he has given us his very precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. Did you know that you were created to participate? That being a follower of Jesus is not a spectator sport. Being a follower of Jesus is not having an opinion. It's not just having an opinion. It's actually transforming my life to look like a mirror image of my Savior. That's the idea. Is that I get to participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption of the world. And so then it goes through the list that we've been going through. And then it says, if this, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, which means that the things we've been talking about, goodness and knowledge and self-control, those types of things, if you, it, what, what, what the word of God is saying is no matter where you're at, you can continue to make steps towards maturity. That, that, if, that if the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace, that those can actually be increasing in measure. And so you'll be neither ineffective or unproductive. Which means that's a possibility that you could go through life being both ineffective and unproductive. For this reason, Peter says, make every effort to add to your faith. This is the list. Goodness, we talked about that. Knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance. And we talked about the first half of that idea of perseverance last week. We're going to finish up uh, this morning. I have, a, uh, I have a granddaughter, which I had a picture of last week. Um, I won't bore you. We only ha I don't want to show all the pictures because we only have 1,200 of them. And so uh, I don't want to like, use them all up real, real quick. But uh, as we talk about perseverance and as we have this new baby in our family, um, what happens is the baby, I, I mentioned it last week, I don't know how they do it, but they wrap, they swaddle it, right? They swaddle it up. 
And I mean, this thing is like a torpedo, this little baby. Like they wrap it so tight, you think its head's going to pop off, but it just sits there and it's all wrapped up in this little thing. And then all of a sudden, as you know, any of you who are around children, uh, it, they begin to cry, right? They begin to, they begin to, yeah, you know, and so then you're just like, you know, so there's only a few things it could be, right? You know, if a baby cries. Um, back in my day, it could have been a diaper pin. They don't have those anymore. Be shoving into my side, which is what happened to me when I was little and I got spanked for crying. It was a diaper pin. Not that I'm bitter about it or anything. But as you have this baby, and it's just a reminder of what God says to us through Isaiah. Because I can't explain to this baby how good this baby has it. I'm telling you, this baby, in the history of the world, this has got to be one of the most fortunate babies in the world, right? Everything's provided for this baby. It has parents that can swaddle it like a torpedo. It's never going to worry about food, all these things. And the baby cries, and then we take this magic thing out. You know what this is? This is Twitter. Oh, I'm sorry. No. Um, this binky. Now, imagine if I tell this baby, hey, 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 stop crying. You're probably going to end up in America, you know, privileged, and you're going to have everything handed to you, and you have no reason. Honestly, think about it. That baby has no reason to cry, does it? Come on, let's be honest. I mean, great. I love her. Don't get me wrong, but come on, baby. What are you doing crying like a baby, right? Then you put in the pacifier. Baby stops crying. You pull it out. Baby starts crying. Stop. Start. It's just like that. Well, there's no good to tell the baby how great the baby has it, right? In the same way, as we be, think about perseverance, we start with this. This is the most important thing to start of when you're thinking about persevering through what you're persevering. For my thoughts, says God, are not your thoughts. Like the way I view your life, the way I view your difficulty, the way I view kind of what you're going through now is not the way you look at it. That little baby is just like something in its little, you know, the two neurons the baby has right now is saying, me no likey. You put in the binky, me likey, right? It does no good for me to try to explain to that baby that it has no reason to cry in the same way. We have no reason to tell each other that it's not okay to cry. Because we are coming from all sorts of different backgrounds. What makes you want a binky might be something completely different than what it is for me. And guess what? Your heavenly father loves you anyway. Your job in perseverance is not to make it so hard that everyone understands. You know why? Because your heavenly father understands. It doesn't matter what you're going through. His thoughts aren't your thoughts. You could say, well, John, I'm going to tell you, if I told you my story, you would break down, you'd get in the fetal position, and you'd grab a binky and cry once you hear how horrible my situation is. And that might be the case. Here's what I'd like to show you kind of in a macro scale. 
I teach a class, I teach two classes for our denomination. One is called Wesleyan Theology, and one is called the, <laughs> I didn't make up the name, but it's the history and polity of the Free Methodist Church. Okay, I teach it, right? Okay, so I'm allowed to say that. So what, one thing I do is uh, in the history of and polity of the Free Methodist Church, I, I show this timeline of Christianity, okay? And what this does is it gives you a perspective that life has gone on a lot longer than we've been here, okay? So let me show you how kind of how long it has been going on. Uh, and then this is just Christianity. This isn't like the history of humanity, which would be uh, several more of these. But if you go, let me get to the beginning of Christianity. Each one of these pages is 200 years, by the way, just so you can kind of get an, oops, my bad, my bit an idea. Okay, hold. Here's the history of Christianity. It starts out with the birth of Jesus. Okay, that's, that's here. And then what this timeline does, and I can get you a copy of it if you email John at Living Spring. It comes in an Excel spreadsheet. I actually had to tape this all together. Uh, okay. So it starts out with the birth of Jesus, and it goes on. And you start to see some of these things in here. Like, this is amazing. Like Clement of Rome in 150. And then you got uh, persecution intensifies in two, 250 A.D. You never think about 250 Right? You always think about like the 1500s, bubonic plague, all that kind of stuff. They got Council of Nicaea in here. You got all this stuff. Let me see. Oh, yeah, they started the Reformation right about there. Roman Empire ends. Aw. Okay, that's at, uh, eight, 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 800. Uh, you got um, Eastern Orthodox Church begins in 1,000. That was 1,000 years ago. So you're going, um, oh, here's the peak of Papal power. I wonder why I put that in there. Gregory, you're going, going. Oh, where are we now? Oh, 1500s. We got to the 1500s. Yay. Jesuits ordained, Roman Catholic. Oh, Lutherans started there. Good. Okay. Oh, wait. We got to uh, America now. This is my life. I don't know if you can see it, but that's my life right there. There is nothing I'm going to come up with in my life. I don't care what it is. There is no issue in my life that hasn't been met already in human history. Nothing. You say, well, what if uh, all your family's murdered? Oh, yeah, that's about right here. Okay, that, that's happened. Oh, what about, what about COVID? Oh, my goodness. Oh, uh, yeah, that's actually right here. And uh, it was millions of people as well. Here's my point. God views this differently than we do. And God views what you're going through differently than you do. And we have two ways to go. One is that we can dismiss what you're going through right now. We dismiss it. Ah, if you look at all of human history, what you're going through is nothing. God, God doesn't look at it that way. You think, oh, man, I, I don't have it as bad as they did. God doesn't view it that way. God views you as you and your heart and what you're going through. God looks at systemic racism, but he's really more concerned with your racism, your injustice, how you view things. 
I don't look at my granddaughter and go, stupid baby. Don't you realize that in just a year, you won't even want this? Well, actually, did you remember when they did? Sorry, this is a total aside. Oh, I hate having ADD. Do you remember when, the, like, having adult pacifiers was a big thing and they'd put diamonds on it? Do you remember that? Nobody remembers that? Okay, it used to be a thing. Look it up. It's on the internet. It's wonderful. Uh, they need to go back to that because I'd have, I'd have a living spring one. Well, that's okay. She's fine. Don't worry about it. There you go. Okay, all right. You've all done it, so stop. All right. If that baby's crying, you'll, you'll do anything, right? My thoughts are not your thoughts. He goes on. Neither are your ways my ways. In other words, you don't do stuff the way I do it is what God is saying. And you could say this to a baby. You could say it to a toddler. You could say it to whoever. You don't, your ways are not my ways. We've, we have a higher level of understanding. Could it be that your heavenly father views your issues your difficulty, your persevering differently than you do. Isn't it true that sometimes we wait until the difficulty's over before we want to start life? If, how many times have you said this? Maybe you haven't. I know I have. Once we could just get past, right? So for us, the way difficulty manifested itself in our household was, uh, many of you know this story, uh, our son just ha started having seizures at eight years old, right? And so um, uh, I would, you know, we, we were like any other parent, you've, this starts happening and you just start grinding. You just start figuring out. You go to the doctor, try to figure it out. You go to the doctor, figure it out. And we had some very, very difficult and dark periods during that time. And I remember thinking to myself, if we could just get over epilepsy, if he would just stop having seizures, right? Which is what we all do when we feel like we're going through difficulty. Here's what the Lord would have, here's what the Lord would say to me and what I think he'd say to you. Just one more day. Just one more day. If you've been in addiction uh, you, and you've gone through the steps, you probably understand the concept of one day at a time. Um, the, the Bible's already talked about that. A day to the Lord is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. His thoughts are not like our thoughts. His ways are not like our ways. And so I would think, man, if we could just get past this. The way God looks at what you're going through is we're going to get through this together. The getting through it is not it ending. It's your next step. I don't know if you've ever been to the gym. I posted online um, this week. Um, this, at our gym, there's just this whole long line of weights, right? And uh, at the very end, the highest weight you can pick up um, is 90 pounds. It's a 90-pound dumbbell. Like, who... When in life will you ever need to lift anything 90 pounds? I mean, honestly, think about it. I mean, okay, so you meet someone and they can take a 90-pound dumbbell on either side and do it 10 times. When are, they, are they ever going to be trapped under a car? No, they're not, right? So imagine if I look at that person being able to lift 90 pounds and I say, wow, that's who I want to be. God is not interested in that. God is interested in me going from 15 pounds to 20 pounds. 
God is interested as you go through your difficulty, as you're trying to figure out life, God's ways are different than your ways. His thoughts are different than your thoughts. He is not thinking about you and the end. The end is eternity with Jesus. That's the end. His ways are different. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God sees all of human history. I don't know how he does it. You say, and rightly so, well, then why are we going through what we're going through? I don't know. I don't know why all of a sudden my son started having seizures. And here's the other thing I know. When he began to have seizures, um, uh, you know, as Lisa and I were kind of going through all that, they started getting worse and worse. And I remember somebody talking to me and saying, uh, I could never go through what you're, I could never watch my son or daughter have a seizure. And let me tell you something, I would not wish that on anybody, on anybody. But here's what I can tell you. Walking through something with Jesus by my side and just going like, hey, this is what you can handle right now. We're going to get you to the next one. You're going to be able to handle that because basically we live in a broken world. And so his ways are not your way. So you'd say to me, John, I could never go through that. Yes, you can through Christ. And then we would have people whose kids had it 10 times worse than our son. And we'd say the same thing. I don't know. I don't know how you handle it. What if it doesn't matter the severity? What if the thing that matters is walking with Jesus? To go from wherever you are, you're in little binky stage. You're, it doesn't go right for you, and so you just melt down. And the Lord says, okay, let's do this. Let's try to get you to not melt down first. And then we'll just slowly get through this. Because the way I view your circumstances are different than the way you view them. So let's take a look and see what the Word of God would say to us. We talked about this last week. Let us run with perseverance. The race, listen, marked out for us. Do you know that your race is marked out differently than mine is? You know that your race is marked out differently than your neighbor's is? We all have a different race to run. God has marked out our race for us. You might have come from a split up family and that was your race. You had nothing to do with it. You were just born in, maybe you were just born into foster care. Maybe you were born in a white family, a brown family, a black family, Asian family, whatever. You have no idea. To God, it's immaterial. How are you going to take your next step? We run with perseverance this race, which means if we're running with perseverance, by default, living is going to be difficult. Now, for me, it might be easier than for you in certain areas. For me, it might be harder than you in certain situations. It doesn't matter. The Lord doesn't look at your 20 pounds and looks at my 90 pounds or, what, or flip it or whatever and go, yeah, that's all you're doing. You can only do 20 pounds. I'm so disappointed. That person can do 90 pounds. No, he doesn't do that. He does like any good trainer would do. He walks up and he goes, 20 pounds, way to go. You were at 15, remember that? Remember when you were at 15 and you first got here? And you go, oh yeah, that's right, I was. And now you're at 20. How do we do this? We fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer 
and perfecter of our faith. We look at him as an example. How did he handle difficulty? How did he handle conflict? How did he handle uncertainty? How did he handle being occupied by another country? How did he handle all that? He goes on, says, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as children. Some children go through more difficulty than others. Your divorce that had nothing to do with you, he knows about. Wants to get you past it. Wants to get you through it. The fact that you can't have children, even just bringing up a little pacifier or whatever, is just a reminder of that difficulty and how difficult that is to not have those dreams, those hopes realized. Let me show you what the half-brother of Jesus said. Consider it, again, I told you in the beginning, his ways are not our ways. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. What does that tell you? You're going to go through trials. Even as a Christian, even as a follower of Jesus. When you begin to, actually I brought this up as a thing, but when you be, when you as an example, but when you look at actually what some of these people were going through, come on. <laughs> come on. I mean, starvation, persecution, just being in a, in a place we can't even understand. I mean, we joke about politics in the United States, and don't get me wrong, vote and do all your stuff, but um, there's some stuff in history that's just ridiculous. And your heavenly father, whose ways are higher than yours and higher than mine, got people through it. I don't know how. I don't know how. When I look at human history and I look at some of the stuff, some of the stories that came out through the plague, I don't diminish coronavirus at all. I mean, not at all. But good night. We were jacked up in human history. And prior to all that, back here. Oops, no, here. Right about, right about here, James writes this. Consider a pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many times, the, the kinds the church was being persecuted at this time. As a matter of fact, Hebrews is so amazing. Hebrews says this, and this is why sometimes I don't like reading my Bible, just full disclosure, because it says stuff in there that makes me have to change rather than wanting everyone else to change. Whenever you face tri trials of many kinds. So you, you, you end up into this situation. Hebrews says this. Listen, listen. You, you joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property. That was written right about, actually, that one was written right about here. So written a little bit more. Yeah, right about there. All their stuff was being taken. How do you do that? That's 90 pound faith, man. Isn't it? It's possible. It is possible through following Jesus, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Listen to me, listen to me. Whatever you're going through right now, it could be as serious as several people in your family dealing with disease. Right? It could be just you didn't get the job you wanted or you know, you're stepping back into the workforce and you had a really good job and now God views it all the same. 
how are we going to get you? How are we going to get you so close to me that we get you through this? Because what human history has told me, shown me, is that no matter how bad it gets, I can, I can win because of my relationship with Jesus. I can get through it. He will see me through it. Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds because the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Listen, let perseverance finish its work. It has to finish its work. You say, I don't want it to finish its work. I want it to be over. I, I remember one time just, so the way it worked for us, sorry, human history, uh, you're in my way. Um, <laughs> so so um, when Jesse was in the midst of his seizures, uh, what would end up happening is, um, I, you know, I preach on Sunday morning. For some reason, you can call it demonic, you can call it science, you can call it whatever you want. It didn't matter to me the cause of why he would have a seizure like six hours before I was preaching. Eight hours before I was preaching. I would wake up on a Saturday morning. I can talk about it now because we're just so happy that we're relatively past all that. But I would wake up two, three o'clock in the morning from a violent seizure, go in, you know, help them get through it, all, all these things. I remember one Sunday, I forget what I was preaching on, something incredibly engaging. Anyway, uh, and so uh, I remember I was preaching, I was ready to go, everything's all set, and he's having a seizure, and I think I've told this story before. I looked up at the sky, and I said, really? I said that to God out loud, and I'm still here. Whew. Thank you lightning rods that catch all the ones. I don't know, for some reason, I got people around me who are taking the lightning rods for me because I get in trouble. I said, seriously? Really? Like, I leave my job to go be a pastor and you, uh, my kid has epilepsy? You know what the Lord said to me? I got you. I got you. Yeah, you can handle it. I can handle it. You can with me. You can with me. Begin that process. Okay. Just grab the 30s. Just grab them. Just see what they feel like. Okay. I'm going to grab the 30s. Ah, I can get it off the rack. Okay. That's it. Don't ask me to curl it. Oh, you can curl it. Go ahead. Come on. Here we go. They say, why would he do that? I don't know. I don't know why you're going through what you're going through. I have no clue. You say, John, if I told you my story, I I'd be in tears. I know I would. It has to finish its work. I don't know why. You cannot medicate your way through perseverance. It has to finish. We have at this stupid gym I go to uh, that I pay. <laughs> that I pay. Uh, everyone knows it's dumb. And so um, is we'll get to the very end. We'll get to the very end, and he'll say, these last few reps are why you came. You ever hear that from anybody? It's like, it's like you had to get to exhaustion, and then you get to exhaustion, and then those are the few things. You say, well, can't God just give me cotton candy and say it's persecution or say it's difficulty? Why does he have to have me go through these things? 
I don't know why, but I know he can see you through it. I know if you're a 90-pound person, I know you can get to 95. It's immaterial. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, lacking in nothing. Here's my point for this morning. Perseverance is the process. I don't know why I hate it. I hate the fact that's why I grow through difficulty. I don't know why it is. I wish it wasn't that way. I'd rather have Skittles and just eat those all day. But he takes these situations in my broken world that I have no control over, and he says, I'm going to walk you through this. We're going to take another step. We're going to get you through today. He said, I don't know how to do it. James continues, if anyone lacks wisdom, they should ask of God. Who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given. But not, not relief, not, not he's going to take it all away. Not prosperity gospel. If you follow Jesus, you'll be rich, just like he was. Okay, uh, right? Just like Paul. No. All you read through the Bible is difficulty, 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 difficulty. Persevere, persevere, persevere. And all you see throughout the Bible is God's faithfulness. It's the same thing. He has granted you everything pertaining to life and godliness. You just got to make it through today. And he will be with you through that. Gives it generously with all. So let me give you five things real quick. Uh, that'll help you through the day, um, and then the, we, we can wrap it up. The first is this, and I had to do this too while we were going through Jesse's old deal. I had to keep the end in mind. If you do seven habits of highly effective people, it's the first habit. Uh, it's from the Bible, just so you don't, I don't get any emails. Keep the end in mind. At the end of the day, no matter what happens to me, I'm spending eternity with Jesus. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that no matter what difficulty I go through, no matter what they take away from me, I mean, the reason, one of the reasons, matter of fact, I'm sorry, I got to get to this scripture. I put it in the very end, and uh, it makes me so happy. Yeah, this one, yeah, this one. You have to see this. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property. Why? Because you knew that you yourselves had a better and lasting possessions. Keep the end in mind. Keep the understanding that God has got you, that this world, this temporal space is not what we were designed for. Number two, how do we get through difficulty? A daily walk with Jesus. Daily. Sunday morning, I love Sunday morning. I'm a big fan of Sunday morning, right? I love it. And it's good. I get fed. I provide a sermon and all that kind of stuff. There's nothing like your daily walk with Jesus. Daily. Every day. Get up. Let it start your day. Maybe let it end your day. Whatever it is. Just like any relationship. I've been married 30 some odd years. I don't know. Of bliss. It's so good. I can't even remember. 32, I think. 30. What? Oh, this Thursday? Okay, this Thursday. All right. We have Amazon Prime. <laughs> the gift will come the next day. Okay, all right. 
No, imagine if, okay, that was a fun, but imagine if that's what I did. Imagine if I'm just like, yeah, I talked to you last Sunday, Lisa. I'm going to see you next Sunday. I'm going to see you next Monday. I'm going to live my life. Oh, and then, and then if things get messy, I'll invite you in to clean it up. That's no relationship. Daily, daily. Number three, uh, I can't even tell you enough. One of the reasons we don't walk with others is because we're ashamed of the amount of weight we can lift. We, 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 we are ashamed of when we say, man, I'm dealing with this and that person's dealing with that. I, I, I'm just going to be quiet about mine. That is an opposite of scripture. Walk with others. I want to walk with someone who can lift up 90 pounds in, in difficulty. Why? Because they're going to get me to that point. We have to walk with others, whether it's to your small group, you got a, a group of buddies that you're online with, whatever it is, they, we have to walk with others. Number four, don't leave the gym early. Don't try to medicate your way out of difficulty. It'll work for a little bit. It feels better. Oh, good. I'm just going to sit on social media for a while and just escape. When you come back, all your problems are going to be there. Don't leave the gym. Ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have me do in this moment right now with the difficulty that's around me? And then fifthly, as the worship band comes up, celebrate victories. I'm terrible at this. Terrible. I'm terrible at it in the church. I'm terrible at it, like, in life. I'm just grind, like, victories. We got to keep grinding. We got to keep getting better. We got to keep It doesn't help as it relates to perseverance. We celebrate victories. I remember when I could only lift 15 pounds, and now I can lift 25. Imagine if all you did was look down and see who was picking up the bigger weights down there. It'd be so frustrating. God's ways are totally different than our ways. He wants you right now, right now to go, you know what? No matter how I match up with human history, I'm going to go through this the same way. I'm going to persevere the same way with a relationship with my heavenly father through a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. These are just five. They're probably my biggest five. You could come up with 10. You could talk to people who got to a place where they could handle. You ever meet those people? They can just handle so much. Walk along with them. They'll tell you how it goes. They'll tell you where they're coming from. Consider it pure joy that you get the opportunity to walk with Jesus through your difficulty. Some people don't have him. For some people... Just the relief of the problem is their goal. Oh, just once I get to retirement, once I get to this, once I get him or her out of the house, once it is, whatever. It's not the way God works. He's going to see you through it. One step at a time. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, It's so overwhelming to think of us being on this planet at this time in view of just the entirety of humanity since you've been here. Lord, all those things are the same, though. We look to you. We look to you. 
So Heavenly Father, I pray for those who are really going through it right now. Maybe it's not as big as someone else is or whatever, but to you, Lord God, it's one of your kids is struggling. God, would we open up our hearts and our minds to lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles and run with endurance the race set before us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Thank you for that. Why don't we go ahead and stand for the blessing if you're not already standing. So for your next steps in this next week coming up, it might be one of those five things. Just pick one. One out of five, maybe two. Maybe for you, it's just keeping that end in mind. Keeping the fact that, man, I'm here on this planet. My carbon footprint. Why am I here? What am I doing? How am I serving others? Just kind of reshaping how you think about that. Maybe it's a daily walk with Jesus. Maybe for this week. You just wake up every morning, 15 minutes early. Get into your word. Just be silent. Just tell them, God, I invite you into my day. Maybe it's inviting someone else into what you're doing. Just one thing, maybe two. How can you get from where you are now to five more pounds, right? Now, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, I pray you would go and his strength, and in his peace, and in his joy. In Jesus' name, amen.